listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, But it's good to be back. So I'm live. We'll be live with you again uh, this next week. And uh, I've got something that was been, it's, it's kind of been really um, going off. You know, when, when you're not broadcasting every day, like you go to New York and then just things are hitting your, hitting your mind because you're not teaching every morning. Um, and, of course, I was tweeting and stuff because I just, so many things kept hitting my mind while I was walking around. By the way, let me say this before we jump in. Did anybody get to see those pictures of St. Patrick's Cathedral? that I took in New York. That place is mind-blowing. If you've ever been to St. Patrick's, uh, that cathedral, it's, it's amazing that it doesn't even feel like it's in the United States. That place takes up a full city block of like, you know, Fifth Avenue. I mean, it's, it's insane, absolutely insane. And um, we went through there, man, opulent, extremely opulent. Um, never seen anything like that. I mean, it's just so, took 30 years to build that thing. Unbelievable. But uh, we got to see a lot of cool stuff. That blew my mind. If you didn't get to see it, go back and check out the, uh, the pictures I put on Instagram. Hey, Cynthia. Good morning. I love you. So a lot of things just start going through your mind, especially when you hear people talking. Um, you know, whether you hear people talking in the airport, on planes, whatever, if you if you ride uh, the subway or if you get on a bus, you hear people's conversations. And it snaps your mind back to the fact that people, obviously unbelievers, have no idea about Bible prophecy. Morning, uh, Brother Jeff. But uh, most Christians don't either. So most Christians have bought into the lies of this, this um, culture, you know, the government. And... Uh, it's mind-blowing to me that people just swallow it hook, line, and sinker. I was laughing recently because, you know, they made that huge push for us to all, you know, buy, buy electric cars to save the environment. There was a huge push. You know, they announced it. Now Ford is going to, uh, what, by 2024, is going to have their entire line of cars be uh, electric vehicles. And... Um, we, we swallowed it, you know, hook, line, and sinker, buy electric cars. And then recently in California, they just asked their residents to stop <clears throat> charging their vehicles at home because there's not enough power on the power grid to charge your electric vehicle. I mean, literally, this just happened in California because so many people, you know, bought into it in that liberal state and bought electric vehicles but there's not enough power on the power grid to charge everybody's electric vehicle. The other thing is, I was reading, I'll have to find the article so I can post it, but I was reading an article where it said, in the United States of America, that there's not enough um, power being produced on the power grid to charge even 20% of the electric vehicles that have been purchased already. So we're like in a, we're like in a place where they've told everybody to buy these electric vehicles, but there's not enough power to charge the electric vehicles. It, it always makes me laugh, too, because it's like for all the people that are super hardcore on it, like I've got an electric vehicle, I'm saving the planet. Did you ever ask yourself, where does the power come from that comes to your house, the electricity, so that you can charge that vehicle? You know where it comes from? A coal-powered power plant, (laughs) a coal powered power plant. And so it's mind blowing to me. So today, because you know, you just hear this stuff pops up in your spirit, but it is Bible prophecy. It is Bible prophecy. And I want to deal with three end time deceptions and they truly are deceptions. They truly are being pushed right now in our generation. Um, that you must not believe, especially as a Holy Ghost Christian, an on-fire Christian, do not believe these three end-time deceptions. I'm going to take you there. 
uh, in the word of God, take notes and then reference these. You know, as people, as you're hearing it on the news, as you hear it at your uh, place of business, wherever you work with your coworkers, you know, all of these different things, you'll hear it when you're out, you know, you'll hear it from people while you're out, whether you're shopping, you'll overhear conversations like I do and people talking about it and you'll know it's absolutely ridiculous uh, to believe that way. And so take a minute, if you would share the broadcast and, um, and let's jump into this. But first one I want to deal with today is, um, this first lie that we keep hearing is number one, and I'll combine these into, into one that the earth is overpopulated and we're running out of resources. That's the first lie of the end times that you, you need to hear. Don't believe it. The earth is overpopulated and we're running out of resources. You hear this a lot. I mean, this, this is so common. You hear it all the time. You hear it on TV. You know, you, you hear it talked about all the time. You know, this earth is getting overpopulated. You know, we're just, we're, and, you, and then you have countries like China that are limiting how many children families can have. It's demonic. Limiting how many children families can have. The earth is overpopulated and we're running out of resources. That's the first lie. That's the first lie. Um, and I want to deal with that from scripture because first of all, if you're putting it in the comments, number one, the earth is overpopulated and we're running out of resources. There's actually a, um, new age group and, um, they teach and believe that the earth is so overpopulated that one day, very soon, mother earth is going to purge herself of a large portion of the people that are living on the earth, that somehow uh, mother earth is just going to get rid of people that are on the earth. Do you see that uh, deception? I mean, that's exactly what one of the things they'll say when the rapture takes place. See, mother earth was, wasn't having it with all these people over and just got rid of people. No, Jesus came back, but uh, it's a new age thing. In fact, um, Tiff, if you can Google this, they had a statue in Atlanta. Um, I believe it was in Atlanta, uh, that's dedicated to this, this new age group, uh, that wants to depopulate the earth. And I think recently somebody either pulled the statue or the monument down or defaced it extremely, uh, badly. And it was, it was, it was like rough. So from what I've read, this group of people wants to depopulate the earth to like 500 million people, 500 million people. How are you going to get rid of 6.5 billion people? How are you going to get rid of 6.5 billion people? I can guarantee, I can guarantee you this 6.5 billion people aren't going up in the rapture. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. In fact, if every Christian and every Catholic went up in the rapture, it would, it wouldn't even be 2 billion people. It'd be just under 2 billion. And, uh, I don't know what they're thinking. Like how, what's your plan to depopulate the earth by 6.5 billion people. And that's a new age thought process. It's a cult like mentality, but it's because they believe we're destroying mother earth and we're destroying the, the, uh, you know, t- taking up too much space, eating up too much resources. And so, um, this first lie is predicated upon the fact that we have the ability to run the earth dry. And the Bible teaches that that does not, uh, that is not true at all. The Bible teaches that is not true, especially in regards to God's plan for the earth. First of all, as a Christian, you understand the nature of the God we serve. Did you find it? Oh yeah. She said, there's a lot of statues that are getting defaced. Yeah. I believe that. Maybe. Is it in Atlanta? Do like depopulation, do like depopulation Atlanta statue. But 
So if you look at it from Bible prophecy, if you look at it from God's promises, if you look at it from how the Bible says that time is going to play out, then you know very, very well that we're not going to run this earth dry of resources. We're not going to destroy it. So number one, the earth's not overpopulated. Number two, you're not going to run its resources out. The Bible says in Genesis chapter eight, this is our first passage today, Genesis chapter eight and verse 22, listen to this. Um, The Bible says, and while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease, shall not cease. So first of all, uh, we have plenty of resources. By the way, if everybody thinks that we're running out of oil, we've not even tapped into our own nation's oil reserves yet. Not even our own nation. We've not tapped into it for ourselves. The Georgia Guidestones. And what, what does it say happened? Planned genocide has begun. How are you going to get to 6.5 billion people off the earth? And what do they do? Pull them down or? When you have the answer, like we're in class, hold your hand up and I'll call on you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's how people are thinking. So we're going to re- depopulate the earth because what happened? People can just Google the Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, what's it called? Guidestones? The American Stonehenge. Google it. The American Guidestones, Georgia. Uh, the American Stonehenge. So uh, the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. You're going to have crops planted. You're going to have crops coming up. You're going to have animals. That's part of that seed time and harvest. Part of that is, is not just uh, plants, farms. Part of that is Animals, livestock, seed time and harvest, the seed producing harvest. So um, all of these things, he said, we're using up. There's so many resources that we've never, ever touched, that we've never even touched. Anybody that thinks we're running out of lumber just needs to take a drive throughout the Midwest part of America, the South of America. I mean, go out. I mean, if you're not on the coast, This is what it helps. You know, if you travel, you see these things, you start to travel and you understand what people are saying is they're out of their minds. We're we're running out of lumber. Take a drive. Go take a drive through the Midwest. Go take a drive through the West, through the South. Go up to Maine. And don't tell me we're running out of lumber. There is so much forested area. You go to West Virginia, where I'm from, all you're going to see as you drive the interstates is massive forested areas, massive forested areas. Everywhere you go, don't tell me that we're running out of lumber. We're not running out of lumber. We're we're not running out of wood. There's no wood shortage. There's plenty of lumber. There's plenty of oil. We've not even touched our oil yet. We're using other nations' oil on purpose because there's manipulation that's in place on purpose not touched ours. You think if you really truly wanted to be an independent nation, why would you not just tap into your own oil reserve? Why would you keep trying to get it from countries that hate us, that continually try to um, control us, that have plans to destroy us? It's an, it's, it's a, it's an antichrist system that's already in place. And so don't, don't think for a minute that we have resources that are running out. We're going to run out of, we're running out of cattle. We're running out of animals. We're running out of trees. We're running out of, no, we're not. No, we're not. Absolutely not. Anybody that thinks that we're running out of resources is basically saying that God didn't know what he was doing and didn't create enough resources on the earth for the people that he knew would exist. It's foolishness. Seed time and harvest will not cease. Summer and winter, day and night, will not cease. God created this system of of an ever-producing earth for the people that he's placed on this earth. I don't get even a little bit terrified when I hear people start talking about the fact that we're running out, running out of land. We're not running out of land. 
We're not running out of land. Here's what I'm going to throw you again, another thing to Google, Tiff. Um, I, I heard this is true. Um, just Google this and see how it auto-completes for you. The entire Earth's population can fit in the city of, I heard Jacksonville. I heard that the, all of the Earth's population could fit in the city limits of Jacksonville, Florida. Now, whether that not that's true, I don't know. But having everybody uh, with their own two square feet of space could fit inside like one of the cities in America. And we keep saying that the Earth is overpopulated. The Earth, if, if you know, you go through portions of our world, there, are, there is so much uninhabited land. Wow. So listen to that. You could have everybody. What, what is that website? That was the first thing that came up. Uh, National Geographic. National Geographic posted this. National Geographic said that if you stood everybody shoulder to shoulder in the world, they could fit in Los Angeles. So don't tell me the earth is overpopulated. There are massive portions of the earth that aren't even populated. Think about Canada, for example. We got some people watching from Canada. Think about Canada. You've got a nation that is massive, much of it. I mean, I'm not talking about, you don't have to go up to the Arctic, but there's much of it, much of it is uh, uninhabited. Think about this. That's, that's what I was saying, Jack. 500 million people reduced. How are you gonna get rid of 6.5 billion people? Hey, Jacob. So, so think about this. There are more people currently living in the Caribbean islands than there are in the nation of Canada. There's like 39 million people living in the Caribbean and there's 35 pe million people or more living in Canada. How are you gonna say that the world is overpopulated? You've got massive areas of inhabitable land that are untouched. Here, even the United States, I'm telling you, go west, go look. Go look at what we have in America. There's tons of, I mean, you can drive for miles and miles and miles and never see anybody. Never see anybody. So it's a lie to get people afraid to make them take actions that they want you to take. It's manipulation, it's pressure. You need to be careful. The world's overpopulated. It's not overpopulated. There's tons of places to go. Tons of places to live, tons of farmland. Why do you think that these same globalists like Bill Gates that have a plan uh, for this globalist agenda, you know, to control what you eat? And that's not a secret and that's not conspiracy theory. That's been put out on the World Economic Forum website. These are the people that make plans about which way the earth is going to go, which way the nations are going to go. And they make those plans. And they sit around and figure out ways to enact those plans, like Agenda 2030. So don't tell me that, that things are running out when you've got globalist billionaires that are buying up all the cattle and buying up all the farmland with the desire and the purpose of, you'll not eat meat. Well, how are you going to get us to not eat meat unless you completely change the system that we've been on for thousands of years? which is that cattle ranchers raise cattle and slaughter them and sell the meat to the uh, distribution channels to give to America. So what do you have to do? You have to either kill the cattle on purpose, Kansas City, Kansas City. This is not happening in South Florida or in North Florida where it's hotter than Kansas, but we've got cattle dropping dead because of the heat in Kansas. I don't think so. What a stupid thing. Anybody that believes that stuff, they're sheep, they're sheep. And so we've got cattle uh, farms all through Okeechobee area of Florida. They're not dropping dead. They're not dropping dead. It's not because of the heat. Why do you think globalists are buying up all the cattle land and the cattle? It's because they want to limit the distribution of food. Again, if you've watched any of my teaching on the Antichrist agenda, one of the things you'll understand and know is that one of the characteristics of the Antichrist spirit is the characteristic of manipulation and control. Manipulation and control, right? And so why do you think? Well, what do you have to control? You gotta control water, you gotta control food, you gotta control the land where people can live. And that's exactly what people are doing. Do you know how much water 
the, the Chinese are buying up in America? Tons. Tons. Globalists buying up cattle and cattle. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's not because there's a shortage of anything. There's not a shortage of anything. We don't have a shortage. Anything that looks like it's a shortage is a man-made shortage. It's a created, it's a fictional famine. It's a fictional famine. So number one, the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. There'll be seed time and harvest. There's plenty going around. There's plenty available. I want you to actually put that in the comments today. There's plenty available. I want people to actually write that out. There's plenty available. There's plenty available. There's not a shortage. If there's any kind of famine getting ready to happen, it's a forced famine. It's a forced famine. Don't tell me that God made mistakes and didn't create enough resources. There's plenty of resources. It's just that there's people with an anti-Christ agenda that want to control the resources. That's the only thing it is. Tell me you're running out. We're not running out. Not running out. And so the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time. There will be harvest. There will be harvest in Jesus name. And let me just encourage you through this one. I don't care what they say is coming. I don't care what they say is on the horizon. You will be provided for. You will have plenty. The faithful people of God will have more than enough. We will have an abundance. We're not going to go through what this world goes through because of some antichrist Jack wagon. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to continue to use it. Some antichrist jack wagon. Uh, we're, not, we're not doing it. Our God knows how to provide, and he's a provider. And if he could provide through the famines of the Old Testament and, and the, the not enough in the New Testament, he can provide for us in 2022 or whatever nation, or excuse me, whatever year you're watching this and whatever nation you're watching this. So it doesn't matter. Our God can provide and he does provide and he will provide in Jesus name. So don't believe this, uh, antichrist agenda. It's just, we're running out of resources. We're not running out of resources. We're not running out of resources. Number two, second thing we need to discuss today, uh, that is an antichrist lie. It's a deception that's being told throughout, um, this generation. Dory said, I see a t-shirt antichrist jack wagon. (laughs) I, I would wear it. I would wear it. Jack and apes makes me laugh. It's just so old and funny. You jack and apes. Um, so this, the second thing that we, we need to understand is there's this big push, as I kind of briefly mentioned in the beginning, that we got to be careful because we are destroying the earth. We're destroying the earth. The earth is going to be destroyed because of irresponsible inhabitants. And again, it plays back into this uh, antichrist uh, new age cult that wants to depopulate the earth, as I told you. They want to depopulate the earth down to 500 million people. Got to get rid of 6.5 billion people somehow. It's demonic. It's totally demonic. This second lie, we're destroying the earth. We're destroying the ozone layer. We're going to have a nuclear winter. We're going to burn up the earth if we don't stop these cows from their, from flatulating in the fields. I can't believe that's an actual argument that people are making. It's the cows. We've been feeding them too much Taco Bell. No, you're not going to. First of all, let me say this. Are you ready for this? Put this in your notes. Put this in the comments. We or anyone else. We will not destroy this earth. That needs to be publicly said. We will not destroy this earth. We will not. (laughs) You're funny, Charlie. We will not. Nobody will. Nobody, no nation will be able to destroy this earth. No, no generation that lives on it, if Jesus tarries, will be able to destroy this earth. Nobody will, call, will be able to cause this earth to um, 
not only be out of whack, if you will, but uh, to the, especially to the degree that, that so many people will, will die or whatever. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And do you know why? The reason is this. It's because God reserves the right to destroy this earth by fire for himself. God reserves the right to destroy this earth by fire, heavens and the earth, for himself. He's reserving it for himself. He will do it. He will do it. So that means there has to be, uh, the earth has to be here and available for him to destroy by fire by the time we get to that place in Bible prophecy. Second Peter chapter three, go there with me. Second Peter chapter three, we will not destroy this earth. Nations will not destroy this earth. God will destroy this earth by fire. He'll do it himself. He reserves the right. And so I want us to read this uh, together. Are you ready? Second Peter chapter three, keep this in your mind and in your spirit. I'll start with verse one. We'll go down to 13. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and that through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But, the, but by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist, are you ready for this? Verse seven, the same word, by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Verse eight. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in, li in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and, the, and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt and burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. You see that whole passage, he's talking about it. There's got to, listen, there's obviously got to be a heavens and an earth for him to destroy by fire. You say, well, we're going to have, we're not going to have, we're not going to kill, kill off the population of the earth because we burnt through the ozone layer. It's not going to happen. I'll tell you another thing. We're not going to kill off the population of the earth by nuclear uh, war or nuclear winter. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. First of all, uh, there has to be a group of people for Christ to rapture. There has to be a group of people for God to judge, and there will be. We're not going to destroy this earth to the place where it's uninhabitable. It's not going to happen. First of all, we know our timeline. Christ will come back. He's going to take his people home. There will be people that rejected Christ that will be judged by God on this earth for their rejection of Christ. It doesn't say the earth's going to be empty and there's going to be a nuclear winter and it's going to look like an apocalypse with zombies walking around. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You're not going to burn through the ozone layer. You're not going to destroy the environment. It can't happen. God reserves the right to burn this earth and the heavens by fire for himself. Anybody that I ever hear 
talking about the fact that, like, I laugh. You know, like, if, if you don't recycle, I'm telling you what, if you don't recycle, you're, you're just destroying this earth. We're not going to destroy the earth. Let me, just, let me just tell you something. How many thousands of years do you think the earth existed before somebody came up with recycling? Think about that. How many years do you think the earth existed for thousands of years before somebody came up with a recycling plan? There was no recycling. There was no recycling. And the earth has existed. The earth has not been destroyed. Well, that re recycling is such a new concept to the earth. The earth has not been destroyed. We're still here. The resources are still here. The people are, are here more than they ever have been. The population continues to expand. Now, it's not shrinking in that way. The population continues to expand. We are not going to destroy this earth. Ozone layer is intact. Cows can eat all the Taco Bell they want. We're not going to, we're not going to lose what God's given us because of, of irresponsible people. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It makes me laugh. People, you know, we need to get electric cars. We need to make sure that we're separating out all the plastic. First of all, we're getting penalized in America. We're getting penalized for all of the plastic that, that's been, being found in the ocean. Huge balls of plastic floating around the ocean. It's coming from China. Make the Chinese people drink out of paper straws. Stop making me drink out of paper straws. It's not coming from the United States of America. It's coming from China. Meanwhile, by the way, whoever created paper straws, I don't know if they ever took into consideration how long the straws had to be in contact with liquid. Because you have to go through like four paper straws before you're done drinking your drink. It's like, dude... I could go through one plastic straw, but instead I'm going through four paper straws. Doesn't make much sense. God reserves the right for himself. We will not destroy this earth. We will not destroy this earth. It's impossible. According to Bible prophecy, it is, impo it is impossible. And so this lie keeps getting pushed on people. And, and then again, it backfires on itself. <laughs> By electric cars. Oh, by the way, we don't have enough power to power all the electric cars. Okay. So what are you going to do? You're going to build, you're going to build more coal power plants. This is what makes me laugh. You're going to build more coal power plants to power the electric cars. And then on top of that, you see all these windmills going up everywhere as if that's going to solve the problem. People don't even know that those windmills aren't even being pushed by the wind for the majority. They're run by electric. <laughs> so... Keep up, keep on coming up with great ideas, but we're not going to destroy the earth. God reserves that right. So don't be afraid. You know, the, the, the thing about all these lies is they push fear into your spirit. They push fear into your spirit. You better, better watch out. We're running out of resources. It's not going to be any meat. It's not going to be any vegetables. We're not going to have any, we're not going to have any food. And if there ever is evidence of that, it's because there's a forced famine. It's because people manipulate distribution channels. So they can control populations. That's exactly what, I, that was happening in scriptural days. I've, I've read to you 2 Kings 6, that was happening in Bible times. A forced famine. Why? Because the Syrian army was surrounding God's people, not letting in the supply chains. It blows my mind. And people swallow it hook, line, and sinker. We're not going to, this earth isn't going to run out of resources, oil, food, water, anything. And it's not overpopulated. You can't destroy the earth. God will do it. God will do it. And finally, the third lie that I want to cover with you today, it's an, it's a, it's an end time deception without question. It's an end time deception. But by the way, again, as I'm pointing out to you, all of these are Bible prophecy. All of them are. All of them are. You know, it's funny. Go back and listen to what Timothy um, the letter that Timothy got from Paul. It's so funny because <laughs> he said in the last days, you know what you're going to find out? You're going to find that there's people that tell you 
don't eat this. Don't eat that. Where, where are we at? We're living in that day to day. Don't eat meat. Don't eat butter. Don't eat. Now, now they've flipped it on us. Eat butter. Don't eat margarine. For decades, they told us to stop eating butter and bacon and to eat margarine and egg whites. Now they're telling us, eat the whole egg, eat butter, and eat bacon. They don't even know what they believe. <laughs> they don't even know what to tell us. Fat's bad. Now they're telling us, fat's good. But the Bible says, Paul actually prophesied this to Timothy. In the last days, there will be people that say, don't eat this and don't eat that. And Paul said, instead, receive it all with thanksgiving unto God. Receive it all with thanksgiving unto God. Amen. You want, you, want to, you want to be better physically? Just eat the stuff God made. Eat the stuff God made. Stop eating so much stuff that man made. That's just a side note, but I will tell you this. Doesn't it, doesn't it make you, um, doesn't it kind of blow your mind that when, when populations started getting on a diet of everything that uh, man made, that's when ha- medication had to go through the roof. That's when, pe- that's when like, uh, you start seeing the, the rapid decline of health in America. Doesn't that blow your mind? That, don't you see the massive, the massive amount of um, obesity in our nation? It's crazy. It's crazy. What, what, what's happening? People are eating things that God didn't make. Yep, spike in cancer, spike in autism, everything. People are eating things that God didn't make, but that man made. And it's been detrimental. It's been totally detrimental. Now, why do you think, you know, that's funny that we go back now. People are like, you need to get on a whole foods diet. You know what a whole foods diet is? It's the food God made. <laughs> so people are like, you need to get on a whole foods diet. Yeah, it's, it's called the food God made. People blow my mind. It's, it's, it's so funny. People don't put, the, put two and two together. And people get off of just normal stuff. You know, God, God didn't make refined sugar. Made sugar cane. God didn't make refined sugar. Bleached. And people don't understand that. Well, I won't get, I'll, I'll get in a whole trail if I, if I get into that. But then, but think about it. One of the ways that there's a a, a manipulation in our system, whether that be in your nation, whatever, think about, think about medication. Think about how many people in, in the world are on medication. Think about how many people are on Medicaid and Medicare. What if, and this is just a big what if, but what if they came to you and said, you can't have any more medication. You can't have any more prescriptions until you take this mark in your hand or on your forehead. You know how many people would flock to take it because they need their medications? Christians, flock. It's just another avenue of manipulation and control. It's just another avenue of manipulation and control. And I'm just telling you, this is one of the things. If you don't think, do you know how many things that we can eat in America that are are not allowed in other nations of the world? They're not allowed. Ingredients we use in foods here that are not even allowed. They're restricted and outlawed for any other nations to use, but we can put them in our foods here. People don't think there's a plan to destroy America and its inhabitants and to destroy the nations of the world. And I'm telling you, there is a plan. It's obviously, it's obviously an antichrist agenda. You can't have one world government while you still have strong independent nations. That's not... Um, any kind of conspiracy theory that's called Bible prophecy. It's Bible prophecy. Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's all kinds of stuff. It's like, what in the world? What in the world? And so it's funny that um, Marcus Turnbull said that the mark is spiritual. It's funny that you say that Because when you read the book of Revelation, the Bible says you'll not be able to buy or sell anything. No economic uh, investment. You won't be able to do anything without the mark of the beast. Whoever does not have the mark will not be able to buy or sell. 
So it would be very hard for them to look at your spirit man and see, you know, I noticed that your spirit man doesn't have a mark. So we're not going to let you buy or sell. It's going to have to be something that can be um, observed and probably interacted with in some digital manner. It's not to do with your soul. If it was to do with your soul, then they wouldn't be able to see it in order to allow you to buy or sell. So there is a plan in place for manipulation and control in the end times. And those things will be visible. Those things will be absolutely visible. And as I said, most likely interacted with to allow that kind of control in the earth or else the antichrist would not be able to have um, total control in the last half of the tribulation of the earth as he does. The final thing I'll tell you is this, the third area that is really an antichrist lie, but it sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. And that is this, that God is just cool with everything. God's cool with everything. God's a God of love guys. Listen, God is a God of love. He's cool with it. He loves you. Why would, he's not going to keep you out of heaven. He's not going to, he's not going to keep you out of his goodness. He's not going to keep you out of his goodness for, you know, listen, he's a God of love more than anything. Love is the greatest. It endures forever. And God is love and he's cool with everything. So listen, don't feel condemned. You know, we're all sinners. We all just sin differently. You know, some of us tell white lies. Others of us traffic small children through international borders. You know, it's, it's, but it's all sin and we all sin differently. We all sin in our own ways. And that's a lie. You've got churches hanging the LGBTQIA plus flag from their door and that have altered the gospel and they've altered, uh, they've altered what the Bible says, not just the gospel. They've altered the scripture, um, because everything in the Bible is not the gospel. The gospel is a very specific message, but they've altered even the scripture. And that's Bible prophecy in and of itself. That in the last days, there would be people with itching ears that would accumulate to themselves teachers who would only teach what they wanted to hear that would suit their carnal nature. That's what we have going on right now. Um, those of you just saw the meme online, the Grace, I think it was Grace Church in, in New York that had the drag queen come through the, the center for all of the students of the, the Christian school there. And I heard that they were required to applaud and uh, hold up affirming signs or else they were being accused of, uh, you know, of hate or whatever, that they were bigots if they didn't stand and applaud and cheer and uh, absolutely ridiculous. You know what it is, don't you? It's this antichrist mindset, which by the way, can I, can I tell you something crazy? This people probably often wonder. Like, why does he go so hard on the hyper grace message? And people don't even understand that term, sadly. Uh, I believe in grace. I don't believe in hyper grace as it's being taught today by certain preachers and teachers. Um, But they say, why does he harp on that so much? It's because it's a slippery slope. It's a domino effect. And let me tell you what I mean. You continue down that road of that logic. And here's the, here's the conclusion that you come to, right? So you start off, you know, God is love. God is love. And he's not going to reject. And then you go on to say, you know what? Uh, Now that I understand grace properly, I realize that all of the past, present, future sins are already forgiven. Okay. That's something that's commonly said and taught by all hyper grace teachers that I've ever listened to. They all teach that your past, present, and future sins are already forgiven. And then they go on to say, and so for the believer, repentance is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. First John chapter one is not written to Christians. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not written to Christians. That's written to Gnostics that crept into the church in the, in the early church. And then they'll go on to say revelation three, where Jesus appears to the churches and tells them to get, get themselves back in order, go to their, uh, go back to the original works that they did, uh, or he'll remove their candlestick from among the churches. That's not talking about sin. That's not talking about judgment from Christ for sin. That's talking about something else. 
and they'll t totally do uh, theological gymnastics to change what the Bible says so that they can teach you that uh, your past, present, future sins are already forgiven and nothing, nothing you need to do. Even if you commit a sin as a Christian, you don't need to repent. You don't need to say you're sorry. Uh, not, doesn't matter because your sins don't matter. Okay. So then they go on to teach as many of them believe that it is impossible to walk away from the covenant that you have with God thoroughly unscriptural thought process. But, um, it do doesn't matter if you're reformed or if you're, if you're, um, you know, Pentecostal charismatic synergist, it doesn't matter because both believe neither a Pentecostal nor a reformed Calvinist believes that after you get saved, you can just go live however you want. And it doesn't matter. None of us believe that a reformed Calvinist would say that if you did that, it was just proof that you were never truly converted in the first place. A Pentecostal or charismatic may say that you got saved and then at some point in your life, you backslid and you lost your salvation, went back into living for the world. But guess what? Either way, the, the end result is the same. You end up in hell. Whether you were never truly converted or whether you left your salvation and you went back into living in sin, the end result is the same. But hyper-grace teachers don't teach that. They teach that once you're saved, that's the true uh, wickedness of it, that your actions don't matter. Well, let me tell you what. If your actions don't matter, then Paul and the other apostles wasted a whole lot of parchment writing back to the churches, telling them to stay free from sin. Because what's the point? What's the, what is the point of staying free from sin if there's no point to staying free from sin, if it's impossible? It's impossible. According to these hyper-grace teachers, you can just do whatever you want. You don't even have to repent if you do do bad things. There's no point in that. Your, your future sins are already forgiven. Already forgiven. The provision for, for forgiveness is there, yes. But you've got to repent. You've got to repent, which means to turn away. Isaac Berry said, I saw a video where a pastor said, you don't go to hell because of sin, but you go to hell for unbelief. That's a slippery slope to teach those things. Um, I, I know what he probably meant, that the thing, you don't, you're not, in the same way that you're not saved by works, let me break it down. In the same way that you're not saved by works, but you're saved by grace through faith, the Bible teaches. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So in the same way that you're not saved by works, you also, uh, I, I'm sure he's pointing out, um, don't go to, because you can't be saved by works, you also don't go to hell for works. The only thing that gets you into heaven is believing the gospel by grace through faith. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. That's what causes you to be saved. And so that's what brings you into heaven. If you um, reject the message of the gospel, you don't receive it, and you don't confess Jesus is Lord, and you don't uh, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, that's what causes people to go to hell. But again, you have to remember, here's why it's, uh, uh, this is why it's a dangerous thing to preach that. It's because not everybody has heard the gospel or had a chance to hear the gospel. In fact, many have died without ever having a chance to hear the gospel. So the, the, Paul makes the argument in Romans 1 that there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Everybody is without excuse to say there's no God. He said, creation's enough for you to not have an excuse to say there's not a God. Now, it's not enough to be saved, but it's enough that you don't have an excuse to say there's not a God in heaven. Creation. Paul, Paul makes that point in Romans chapter one. But in order to be saved, you've got to hear the gospel message. That's Romans chapter 10. You have to hear it. You have to hear it. But there's been many that never heard it. But you, here, here's the important thing to remember. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Everyone is headed there by default. That's an important thing to remember. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Every person is headed there by default. For the Bible says in Romans chapter three, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. The Bible says everybody's headed to hell by default, unless 
the gospel changes their trajectory. That's it. That's it. So in one sense, I I understand where he's coming from that, you know, you go to hell for unbelief, rejecting the gospel. But what do you say to all the people that um, never got to hear the gospel? They're not going to hell for unbelief. They're going to hell because that's where everyone's headed. That's where everyone's headed. Right? And Amy said, so if you hear the gospel and believe, then you're going to heaven. What if you sin and don't repent? This is where I get confused. Well, see, that's what the Holy Spirit is for, Amy. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin and convict you under righteousness. And I don't believe that one sin separates somebody from their salvation covenant. But continued, unrepentant sin can separate you. It can separate you. So if you do uh, get to that place, you just say, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. I repent of this sin. Forgive me. Uh, Strengthen me to live for you. Strengthen me to uh, please you with my life and continue on serving him. It's just like, you know, if, if I were to, if my wife and I were to get into a fight, if, if my wife and I had a disagreement and said things we didn't mean, just because we had that break in fellowship doesn't mean our, our uh, marriage was annulled. Doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that our marriage was annulled and that we're not married anymore. But let me tell you something. If I keep treating my wife like that, if I keep living like that, there's going to come a time in our lives where our marriage will be uh, finished, where it will be separated. Because you can't continually go the opposite direction and negate everything you promised to do and expect it to remain the same. You see what I mean? And so this third thing, everything's cool. God's cool with anything. He's a God of love. Well, remember, it's a domino effect. So you start off believing in hyper grace that sin doesn't matter. And then finally you keep on going. You don't need to repent, which by the way, and I'm I'm sure we can address it at some point, but I, I told somebody, that Pastor Creflo would, would, would start teaching that after he started getting into grace, that repentance is not necessary for the believer. And after I covered the tithing video, he went into that uh, teaching on a midweek service night, that repentance is unnecessary for Christians. Went right into that. And I knew that's where it was going to go since he's been confronted by the gospel of grace. And so I'm just telling you, it's dangerous because you go from there and then what happens? The only logical end to that is how could anybody, how could anybody resist the love of God? That's where uh, Pastor Carlton Pearson ended up going. You know, others, it's called universalism, uh, total reconciliation. It means that no one will go to hell in the end. That's what they believe that everybody will be saved. You can't resist the love of God. You can't resist the blood of Jesus. Everybody will be one by the end. Everybody will go back to heaven. That's what they believe. And that's demonic heresy. Demonic heresy. The Bible says that the way uh, of righteousness, the way to heaven, it is a straight but a narrow path. And only a few will find it. It's not going to be the majority that finds it. It's going to be few that find it. Just a few. It's the minority. It's the remnant. It's not the majority of the population through the ages. It's just a minority. Just a minority. Few there be the find. And it's a very sad thing. But it's also what the Bible teaches. So to teach that everybody's going back to heaven at the end is demonic heresy. And it has to be avoided at all costs. These are antichrist things. And what, it, what is it? It's to put us out of position. You know, the Bible says that uh, when, when Christ returns, it'll be like it was in the day of Lot. What was it like in the day of Lot? Jesus prophesied that, by the way. It'll be like it was in the days of Lot when Christ returns. Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, a completely perverse society that when two angels came through town to get Lot and his family and take them out of Sodom before destruction came, The Bible says, and all of the men of the city, all of them, not the LGBTQ community, all the men of the city showed up to Lot's house, banged on the door and demanded that they, that he send those two men. They thought they were men, send those two men out to us so that we can all have sex with them. Think about that. Every man in the city showed up at his door demanding that the angels be sent outside so that they could all have sex with those men. And Jesus said that kind of perversion would be what it would be like in the last days before Christ returns. And it's happening. It's in churches. It's on the streets. 
And if you don't agree with it, there's something wrong with you. It's demonic. It's demonic. And that's what's taking place around this nation and around the world right now. And it's to put people out of position. We now have uh, Christian denominations, and I, I use that word loosely, that are ordaining, that they are ordaining homosexuals. Um, Isaac, are you asking for uh, when Jesus prophesied it or, or the story with Lot and the angels? I don't know which one you're referring to. Um, the, uh, the passage about a uh, lot from Jesus prophecy is in Matthew 24. If that's the passage you're looking for. And he says, it'll be like it was, uh, in the day of lot. It'll be like it was in the days of Noah. It'll be like it was in the days of lot. And so, uh, and then if you go back to the book of Genesis, obviously you read the story of after, uh, Abraham entertained God and the other two angels, uh, God then, uh, returns to heaven, but the angels go to, uh, and it's Genesis 19 where the angels go to get Lot and his family out of Sodom before destruction comes. And the, the Bible says, I'll read it to you. Um, Genesis chapter 19. Listen to this. This is a mind blowing passage of scripture. Genesis 19, four, but before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house, Lot's house. That's Genesis 19.4. All, both young and old, all the people to the last man in the city surrounded the house and they called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. It's the Bible word for sex. You read the New Living Translation. It says that we may have sex with them. Lot went out to the men and said, don't do such a wicked thing. He said, I have two daughters who've not known any man. Let me bring them out to you. Total wickedness, total wickedness. And this is the day we're living in. Once again, what Jesus prophesied is coming to pass. Luke 17, Matthew 24, Genesis chapter 19. It's coming to pass in the day we're living. And these three things are, anti, it's, what is it? To put people out of position, to keep people out of position, but it's also fulfilling Bible prophecy right now. But don't believe the lie. We're not running out of resources. We don't have too many people on the earth. We're not destroying the earth. God will destroy the earth by fire. God will destroy the heavens. But let me tell you, he's also a provider. He's also your protector. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the Bible says. The righteous run into it and they're saved. They're saved. We're not set aside or apart or appointed for the wrath of God, destruction. It's not who we are. Christ fulfilled God's wrath on our behalf on the cross of Calvary, took our sin. The Bible says in Colossians chapter two, he took our sin, the penalty for our sin, and he nailed it, canceled it by nailing it to the cross. He canceled the penalty for our sin by nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. We are not appointed under wrath. We are not set aside for the wrath of God. Those that reject Christ, those that reject God, those are the ones that are appointed under wrath. But God has a plan, not only to bless us, to protect us, to care for us. And so I don't want you to live in fear. On this Friday, I'm encouraging you, before we go into the weekend, that God has a plan to bless you. What are we still in? This is 2022. We're in the last five months of this year of divine possession. We're gonna have what we've never had, we're going to do what we've never done. We're going to go where we've never gone in Jesus name. It's our year of divine possession. Hallelujah. And that is going to be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So get excited. God has a huge plans for his people. And I'm going to tell you, I know not everybody's getting in on it, but if you're the faithful, if you're those that are pressing in, in these final moments of time, the Bible says, and this never stops. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the whole earth. God's looking for people whose hearts are loyal or turned toward him on whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty. God's getting ready to show himself strong and mighty on our behalf in Jesus name. These last five months are going to be mind blowing. 
for the people of God, for the faithful people of God. Amen. Throw some hands up in the comments. Say, that's me. Take it for yourself. That's your story. That is your portion in Jesus name. That is your portion in Jesus name. Hallelujah. And so get ready. It's your year of divine possession to take hold of the promises of God. That is you, Isaac. That is you, Jennifer. Yes, Gina. Yes, Steffi. It's yours in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every one of these members, those that are watching, those that are in the Victory Tribe. Thank you, Lord, for every faithful person that's hungry for your presence, hungry for your spirit to move throughout this earth. Lord, I pray that you would keep us in perfect peace. Our minds are stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, that no matter what the devil has planned to use to destroy this nation and other nations, it will not touch our homes in Jesus' mighty name. It will not touch our children in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that this is our year of divine possession. We thank you. You're putting into our hands what we've never had. We'll do what we've never done. We give you honor. We give you praise. Strengthen your people. Lord, for so many of those that have written in via text message that have uh, prayer requests that are believing for healing, believing for jobs, believing for uh, deliverance, believing for family members to be saved. Would you touch them today? We ask you to open up heaven over where they are, pour them out a blessing. I pray that you quicken their physical bodies. I pray that you would save their families. I pray you keep them, Lord, keep them, protect them, use them in these final moments of time. We thank you for that. We love you, Lord Jesus. We give you honor. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, on this Friday, let me challenge you to sow a seed. I have something we want to put in your hands this month. We love so much Pastors Mark and Trina Hankins. And uh, Pastor Mark, one of the things that he preaches on often uh, and, and really has a phenomenal revelation, he teaches and preaches on the power of the blood of Jesus. And in the month of August, um, we're sending this book as our gift to you. It's called The Bloodline of a Champion. It's talking about the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. And um, phenomenal. I think it's like 350 pages of revelation on the blood of Jesus. And so for everybody that is sowing uh, this month, uh, for your offering of any amount, we're going to send you that book, The Bloodline of a Champion. As you sow your seed, stand with us in partnership. What can you do uh, in the month of August? What can you do on a monthly basis to stand with me and Carolyn? Go to miracleword.com and uh, as you choose to set up your giving in whatever method you do, Um, ask the Lord, what can I do on a monthly basis to stand with them in partnership as they're touching this nation and other nations with the gospel of Christ? And then of course, those of you, as you've sown seed in the month of August, um, if you'd like to receive that book, bloodline of a champion, um, go to that miracleword.com. If you can pop it up one more time, Tiff, blood, uh, miracleword.com forward slash offer and get bloodline of a champion, request it. So we know where to send it. You got to claim that, tell us where to mail it. We'll get it to you as well. We want to put it in your hands as our way of saying thank you as well. We love you a lot. Um, Alex just dropped a brand new uh, episode on the Last Gen podcast. Let me tell you what, he's been doing an amazing job. And uh, this one's going to be controversial. Should I go to college or is it a scam? Brand new episode on the Last Gen podcast. Um, Alex has been crushing it. Uh, and if you haven't followed them on Instagram at last gen youth, get your students connected. Um, whether they're in middle school, high school, college age, doesn't matter. Um, this is a resource that we've put out that is going to help them. This podcast, uh, these teachings, they're interactive. They do Bible studies. And again, this morning for being Friday morning, they did another weekly Bible study via zoom. And so if you want to get everybody connected with that, They do it every Friday morning. I believe it's at what, 7 a.m.? 7 a.m. Eastern? Yep, there it is. 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern time, Friday mornings. Uh, It's amazing how many students are joining uh, for the the morning Bible study. So there's the Zoom ID. Uh, You can also get it on the web, right, on our website. MiracleWord.com, if you go to the youth page, you can see uh, the Zoom ID and the passcode. 
uh, FMBS, which is Friday morning Bible study. Jump in with them. Uh, they went through the book of Acts, and now they're going through, I believe, on a doctrinal study right now. But is, this is an excellent, excellent resource for students. And uh, just like we have things for Miracle Word Kids, we want to make sure that we're sowing into the lives of students as well. And then, of course, we're sowing into your lives. And if you're not a part of Bible Study Made Simple, we're getting ready to open the course up again in the fall uh, in October. We would love for you to sign up to be a part of it. Uh, we have about 300 students now, but we've got people, well over 100, I think, people waiting to jump in when it opens again in October. And so if you'd like to sign up to be notified, because it only opens for a short period of time, bible.miracleword.com. Bible.miracleword.com. You can sign up on the wait list and be ready to go when we open in October. And um, it's going to be phenomenal. We're right now in the middle of a deep dive on the book of Galatians. It's been eye-opening. We'd love to have you as part of the course. I love you guys so much. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back with you again uh, next week in the studio. Talk to you again very soon. Love you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.